This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast presented by Miller Lite. Hashtag Phillies trades for Miller Lite, maybe. Uh, Phil's trades for Miller Lights, maybe. Uh, yeah. Trade trade reaction pod. Um, look, uh, it was a roller coaster of a day, Fritzy. I melted down at one point. <laughs> I did a little research. I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, obviously, the 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 headline of it all. Pour one out for our guy. I you know. know our, Favorite, favorite guy. Shout out to Mick. We are rooting for you in, in Los Angeles. A true Philadelphia guy in Los Angeles, finally, which is nice to see the Angels have lacked that kind of Philadelphia flavor. Yep. Um, someone who's a real Philadelphia, a true Philadelphian, like like Mickey Moniak. Yes. But um, we'll miss you, buddy. But look, here's what I'll say, and, and we're going to dive into all of it. But, you know, again, after the roller coaster, the, oh, my God, Ohapi, just Ohapi. Wait, what's happening? All this stuff? Um. The Phillies today are a definitively better baseball team than they were yesterday. And they might have given up too much. They might not. We'll get into it. Um, but, oh, by the way, we also don't have to watch Oduble Herrera and Juris Familia play for the Phillies anymore. So, uh, funny enough, uh, uh, who to think the two DFAs would be the not even the cherry on top, really the Sunday with the trades being the cherry on top. Fritzy, the floor is yours. What was your reaction? We'll get into like the specific trades, the players, but but take me through the the, the roller coaster of emotions that you went on. Well, I had kind of heard the Ohapi thing earlier in the day, and oh, look at that you. was like, look at this guy over here. So I was like, already, <laughs> I was emotionally kind of ready for it. Um, so I, I'm not gonna, I can't lie. I mean, my first reaction was like, really, um, you know, trading that. Like, I think. I was always good with trading Logan O'Hoppy. You know, I was, I, it made sense. You got a, you got you drafted him in like the twenty third round. You turned him into a top one hundred prospect. He was raking at Reading, which we know has the it has the ability to kind of jack up some numbers. Um, but I was just surprised they couldn't have done better in a Logan O'Hoppy deal. But then when you do look at it, and I I know it's going to sound spin zony, and it's going to sound like you're talking yourself <laughs> into it. It's like, this is the exact kind of trade we've kind of been begging for. And, oh, buddy! And it's, one of what? The, and it's one of those trades that, you know, if we're going to be the whole, I trust Ani, and we trust, you know, kind of Dave and, and Foldy, you know, Ani... Foldy. Foldy. Like um, but this is kind of trade we've been asking for. You know, Brandon Marsh is 24 years old. They have mm-hmm. under under control for the next five years. He is a former top 50 prospect and and the former number one overall prospect in the Angels farm system. I know the Angels Mm -hmm. farm system reeks, um, but he's only like a year, year, year and a half removed from from being that guy. So, you know, I I trust the infrastructure here when it comes to Kevin Long. We've seen what he's gotten out of Alec Boehm recently. Uh, Matt Vierling's had a a good year. Kyle Schwarber, we know what uh, detail of the work he's done with him. Like there's like Kevin Long's been a good addition for this team. 
And this is a bet on Kevin Long to be able to get the player that I think a lot of people saw uh, coming up through the Angels system as their best overall prospect. So he, he's been worth two wins this year without really hitting. He can play center field, left field, right field. I know some people will say, well, if he's that good of a defensive center fielder, then why is he not? Why are they not putting Mike Trout in left or right? I don't really care. Um, but regardless, I think he makes the Phillies a better team. And giving up Logan O'Hoppy was surprising. And I think, honestly, James, if they didn't come out with a report, what, like four days ago and say Logan O'Hoppy was untouchable, I don't think anyone has that massive, harsh reaction to it. But the idea of going from untouchable to a 227 hitter <laughs> or whatever, it's just a lot for people to, to kind of grasp. Um, but overall, like, I'm genuinely excited to, to, to see what he can do here. Uh, I think that Anaheim, I think players go there to kind of die. You know, I think it's one of those places that, uh, you know, it just nothing seems to work out for them. I know a lot of things haven't worked out here, but I think that times are changing a little bit from that standpoint. So uh, it seems like one of those buy low on a former top 50 prospect that was a number one overall prospect in an organization. I'll take that for a, for a double-A catcher that, frankly, like didn't have a spot here. Um, with, with JT under contract for the next uh, three years. And uh, when JT's hitting, we mentioned that, say, you know, that's good. You know, <laughs> we got JT for the next three years. When he's not hitting, it's a disaster. So um, overall, I was surprised. I was shocked. Uh, I probably would have just gotten Thor along with him. Um, for well, that. that was what I was going to bring him next. Well, and, strange, and the only thing it makes me think is they didn't really want Thor. You know what I mean? So, like, they they, had well, they to... didn't. That's the funny thing is they didn't really give up that. I mean, we love Mick, but in terms of you know a package, based on what like the starting pit pitcher market was and all that, like it doesn't really feel like they gave up as much for Thor as it seemed like teams you would have thought it would take to get Thor, and that just shows that the league valued Thor where we thought he was. Like it's always fastballs really, you know, dipped, and you know that's a guy who lives and dies off that thing. And you know, that when he was the, one of the, and he, and you know, Thor, I think always a little, maybe historically overrated. He was good, but you know, I think people remember him as being one of the best pitchers in baseball. And, and he never really put together a full season where he was a, a top, top, top guy. Um, but obviously the stuff was, was there and you know, the, the highest average blast, fast, fastball blast, you know, it all played off that. And if that's not there, you know, he's, he's a different pitcher and the whip is scary and the, you know, strikeout to walk and strikeout per innings is all scary, but um, I, I just, I'm with you. I think it's strange that they didn't combine the two. I'm with you on the Marsh thing, though. Like, that's the thing. I, I think, and and I, I think them putting it out there is untouchable, uh, which was, you know, strange. You thought it was posturing. We thought it was posturing. We talked about it. Um, but, you know, still, it did feel like it wasn't as much as they could have gotten for him. But like you said, that was when I did a little research. And I'm like, all right, I, I, I'm I, looking at Brandon Marsh's major league numbers. Let me look at the guy. And yes, like it's, you know, a former, as you said, a top 100 prospect in baseball, like Gohapi, a you know top prospect in the Angels system, someone who is, you know, considered at worst, someone who is a, a uh, you know, high level defensive center fielder at worst. You know, that seems like his floor and he's flash hitting stuff and he is young. He's been young for, for every step in the minors that he's been through uh, and all that. So, or at least relatively young for those spots. So, you know, I think it's, a, and again, the control for, for the next five years after this season, I think it's through 2028. Right. So, I mean, that's, uh, or maybe he's up for, yeah, if he was up for it, it'd be after the season, I think. So, um, yeah, I think that, 
I get it. I think to your point, people, I think people just expected them to be able to get more for Ohapi. But when you look at it logically, Ohapi had nowhere to go on the team. And this guy is theoretically, or they're betting on him, becoming your center fielder for the next five years. Yeah. I think, honestly, if you just say, okay, they traded Mick, Ohapi, and JDL Sanchez for Thor and Brandon Marsh. It's, what a good point, Jack. Like, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I, I wasn't a Thor guy. I just, he's, he's better than Bailey Falter, yes, right? Like hundred percent. He is, he, we will trust him to start games more than we trust Bailey Falter. And if nothing else, even with Falter here, like that's the thing that you have to account for. I mean, Eflin, you know, put on the 60 day to IL. We can assume like highly unlikely. We see that guy again this season. So it's not just the the one open spot you have in the rotation, but it's also the potential that another guy could go down. And then you're really screwed with nowhere to, to go. So, I mean, getting a guy like Syndergaard makes sense on, on multiple levels. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, and and listen, if we're going to do the whole, like last podcast, of, of Ranger being back, you know, you have the, the top three of those guys, and you just you can hope that maybe Syndergaard can, can show you some flashes. I do wonder... You know, uh, Syndergaard was pitching on like six days rest out in out in L.A. So I wonder if Falter is still kind of in the rotation to give them an extra day between Syndergaard starts, or maybe he can just do it. And there also is the possibility of you know Wheeler and him being back together, him getting to face the Mets. Oh, I mean, it's a little bit of love it. Little bit of uh, you know, oh, some maybe re- Degrom re- comes here in the off season, put them back together. Oh. Let's go. Listen, I don't, I don't need, <laughs> I don't need an opener. You know, I, I want no, guys. Oh I, yeah, I want I, let, let, that money's already allocated for Trey Turner. Sorry, Jacob. Yeah, no interest. I I need a guy that can go more than than six innings. You know, um, but plus, real quick to add on to your Cindergard thing, I mean, what you know, great stars from other places uh, don't come to Philly and, and you know, refine their careers and become stars again if they weren't or, or stay stars. We always have luck with that. Yeah, it's something we're always we're always great with and getting guys like, you know, three <laughs> years, four years past their prime. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm not a Syndergaard guy. Uh, I think his stuff is declining. He's not striking out guys anymore. Um, you know, I think he's, he's definitely more of a in-name guy. Uh, more than anything, like even Elliot knows who he is. So I think that's a big a big sign that. Like, <laughs> yeah, Elliot wanted us to drop in a point uh, that he thinks that Syndergaard is going to benefit from being back in the division because the fans will care and they'll be excited. So wow, that's good. A- another salient point from baseball expert uh, yeah, Elliot Tripparks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Syndergaard, you know, there is a chance he can kind of go. I just. You know, I, I wanted a guy that can strike guys out. I probably would have rather traded. If I was doing that trade, I probably would have rather done it for Rivaldi. Um, so, but maybe Evaldi really, people are worried about the, the injury and stuff like that. Or maybe it wasn't really available. I mean, there were so many weird deadlines, like the Red Sox bought and sold, <laughs> like they traded Jay groom for, for Eric Hosmer for no reason. And then the Cubs like half sold. And like, why are the Cubs holding on to Ian Happ and Wilson yeah, Contreras? Wilson Contreras, it makes no sense. Bad news, uh, like, though, James. I got to break to you. Uh, the Braves, uh, the Braves trade for Rossiel Iglesias at the last second. So, did they really? Yeah, it's just, it's just so annoying. After getting, a, I mean, look, I'm not the biggest Odorizzi guy, but you know, he's the kind of guy who's just gonna go to Atlanta and like pitch well, because of course. And then just, you know, God, they're so annoying. And then, you know, we haven't talked since it, but you know, your guy. I mean, Austin Riley, 10 years, 21 million a year. Like, really? Like, why do these guys go to Atlanta and say, eh, I don't, 
I don't want more money down the road. I want to sign for a way below market contract so that I can, you know, I want to get safe. I look, I get signing out years of arbitration, but like, and look, Austin Riley's not Tatis, but Acuna is. And look what what Tatis got. I know. Like, what are we doing here, dude? Like, Juan Soto just turned out. Juan Soto turned out four hundred and forty million, dude. Do you think Alex Anthopoulos, Anthopoulos is actually like a hypnotist or like something like that, where he just gets these guys and you know it's their agents insane. in a room and just? I mean, Acuna fired his agent after it. <laughs> I know. I know it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. is the worst contract in baseball. Oh, like, that's the close. most team. And then Albies too. We mentioned Albies. Those three guys, and even Olsen's. Olsen's was a little more, but still like a, a solid contract for the team. But the other three guys are like, like three of the most team friendly contracts in baseball, considering their skills. It's like it's it's insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Braves are clearly cheating, and they need to be investigated uh, <laughs> by Major League Baseball. But whatever, Bryce hit a, a grand slam off of Iglesias, so and a home run off Jansen. So you know, whatever, cute little bullpen additions. We still got Bryce coming back. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, they didn't add a forty-year-old David Robertson or whatever he is. Dude, don't rip Dave, man. I'm glad he's I back. Won't. I'm a, look. I I like that he's like excited to redeem himself here, and yeah, I I dig it. I, it's fine. Again, though, Ben Brown, you know, dude's got thirty-four percent strikeout rate. Like, I don't know, you know, what what did you think of that one? That's it. We'll get back to the the overall haul, but that's one we haven't talked about. Like, what do you think of? Uh, and look, I did again. Again, with the theme of the day, with everything they gave up, and again, like no big deal. Like it's not a small deal. I mean, cutting the dead weight of Odubel and Familia, and those guys not hurting this team anymore. But what did you make of giving up Ben Brown for for um for Robertson? Yeah, I was surprised. Um, especially again because they labeled him as freaking untouchable. Like you, <laughs> you didn't have to label them as untouchable. Like I know you're just trying to create value, but like why couldn't you have traded Eric Miller for for Two months of of David Robertson. Um, Just seemed like a lot, right? Yeah, it does. I guess I'll say this: that like, you know, I, I feel a little prospect huggy here. Um, but at the same time, I do think this is what smart teams do. And if I'm going to be as in on the Phillies pitching player development staff, like you should be able to create these guys seemingly every year. Like the Yankees do this all the time where it's like, oh, we'll just have this guy out of nowhere that's going to be good somewhere else, and we'll flip him for this player that'll help right now, like. They turned a thirty-third uh, round draft pick into uh, a closer. Uh, I'm not. not um, Thompson wasn't sure how they're going to use him yet. You know, um, I would assume they want to use him as a closer, and they can go uh, put Sir Anthony back to where he was, I guess, before. That's what I assumed too, Jack. I was texting with some buddies, and they were asking. I said, I, I would, I would bet they just make him the closer. I mean, especially with Thompson's history with Robertson, he knows him well, obviously, from from the days yep. in New York and all that. Yeah, I would. Like you, like you said, I mean, look, even now, like Sir Anthony is like the, the closer in like quotes, like, but you know, hands still gotten some save ops, like Brogdon's gotten one, like it definitely. And I, I think that actually might've been extra rings, my bad, but still it definitely is. It, it feels like Thompson to your point would really like to not have to have Sir Anthony as his closer and, and use him wherever he can. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, but you turn that into a guy who has a two, uh, a, an ERA under two, five, um, you know, for, for, you know, Ben Brown, who they developed and turned into a, a decent looking, um, you know, he's still a single a prospect, so you don't know how he's going to end up, but, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's one of those trades that smart teams have to make. And again, I believe in the direction they're taking when it comes to player development stuff. So, you know, I, I like that they're able to kind of do this trade and I don't think it's going to come back to like totally bite them. 
And and David Robertson's been really good this year. Now, there's also the other you know side of my brain, which is every freaking reliever we trade for the deadline all of a sudden just turns into a homer happy for no reason. And then they mm-hmm. leave. Well, and especially a guy who's already had, you know, come here and granted through no fault of his own, completely disappointed. Yeah, I know. And and that was that was like of course, you know, the guy that's never been hurt in his career, who's always been Mr. Reliable, comes here and needs Tommy John surgery and it just falls apart. So that stinks. But if you're just looking at it in a non Phillies way of looking at it, it's a good trade. And it's one of those things that'll really help this team. And man, you look at this bullpen on paper. I mean, is like Brad Hand the guy you trust the least? And even he's having a good year. Like, like the the bullpen on paper is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's really good, and it's it's strange. I mean, I don't know. I think I think I still, if we're just talking, who gives me the the most nerves when I see them walk into a big spot? I still think it's Alvarado with how good he's pitched. Like I know we were like. We're in on him and then some some rough outings and then he's back. But he's I still don't fully trust him, but I don't fully trust him. But yeah, I mean it's funny that we're not even mentioning Bilotti in our first Dude, two. Hold on. I wouldn't. You know? Let me just I run wouldn't. this. Let me just run this down for you real quick. Yeah. yeah Robertson, sure. Sir Anthony, Bilotti, Knable, Coonrod, Brogdon, Hand, Alvarado. Yeah. Like I mean, when was the is, is that, I guess Coonrod is probably the one you trust the least. Yeah, but even he, I mean, you know, yeah, stuff. I like him. Stuff I like him. There's good. no guy I don't like in that. But we have we have finally turned the corner here, Jack. Where there's no one in the pen that I I I dread. There's no one in the pen where again with Familia gone now. There's no one where when they enter the game, I at least don't have some hope, or in some cases more hope or or significant hope that they're going to do a good job. Yeah. And I, I, you, that's the best bullpen since 08. I mean, it's. I mean, oh my God! It's literally been f- almost 15 years, uh, 14 years. Well, but, yeah, but legitimately almost 15 years, which is insane. Again, not that hard to build a good bullpen, but congratulations, we've finally gotten here. Um, but you, you, you are putting together the that's the best bullpen since 08, and that's a high level quality bullpen. I mean, like I didn't even mention Nick Nelson, who I think's been really good for this team. We know he's starting tonight, so. Um, that's, that gives me a lot of, of excitement. And you, like, it's just, you look at the team, they got a, a left-handed hitting center fielder with, who had former top prospect pedigree. You don't displace Veerling because Veerling's still going to play. I guess, uh, Thompson did uh, announce. I mean, you do a little bit. I mean, Veerling will play, but he's not going to play every well, day. I, I, I mostly agree. I mostly agree. But, you know, they were doing that thing out in Pittsburgh where Schwarber was the DH and they put Veerling in left. So, until Bryce is back, I, I kind of see that working. Um, oh, instead of Derek, I, I could see that a little bit there, here and there. Like, yeah, I mean, look, Veerling will play. Veerling, Veerling will play. Will play. It, it, well, I, I don't. I think it'll be a, a, at least a little bit of a of a it will. You know, knock to his time. A hundred. It will. It will. I agree. So, um, but mostly, I think I think Veerling is still going to find his way into a lineup. I think he's playing too well. So I think that's a good thing. They get a three-four type in in Noah Syndergaard, and they get a legitimate back end of the bullpen option. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs at this point, it's a massive disappointment. But everything you look at from from the deadline, it's like they filled every kind of hole we needed them to, to fill. And we didn't even bring up Edmundo Sosa. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was a, a good def- like they finally are valuing defense, which is which is yeah, good to see. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like all of a sudden, it's like let's get defensive guys. Yeah, and look, smash I the bell to uh, defense. About Michael Taylor, like if you want to get me a center fielder who can make up for some of that right and left field issues, I'm, I get it. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Overall, 
you know, getting the prospect's name out of it. Like it's a, it's a, they didn't have to give up Abel, Painter, Griff, any of those guys. So it keeps them, you know, available this offseason if they want to go try to get a Devers, whatever. They didn't give up Rojas. Um, if the, if he still has, you know, good value heading into the in, into the offseason, like it's kind of what we were hoping for. And it, it, some of the prospect shock is is definitely there, but on paper, you know, I think I gave him a solid B. You know, I could go up to a B plus, but on paper, this is a team that that is on should end the the eleven season playoff drought. I mean, it just yeah. simply should. Well, I agree. The, the the one hiccup with that is, and look, the Cardinals didn't get much better. They got Quintana. They made a couple other small deals, but they got um, Jordan I Montgomery. Mean, yeah, Jordan Montgomery. Who's fine? You know, he's okay. Um, but they, you know, the the Padres getting Soto yes. and Hater. I mean, so so I agree with you. They should, but I, I also think they're. I think they will. Like I, I think the Phillies will make the playoffs as of right now. I, I believe it, but you know, I think there's a chance that them and the Cardinals have a real battle down the stretch. The Cardinals have just as easy a schedule as the Phillies, and you know, if if we just, you know, and look, weird things happen. Soto could go there, and for some reason they could struggle, or what? You never know, right? But. But if we assume the Padres with their moves probably lock up that that wild card spot they're in right now. Well, if they don't, I mean it's a, I mean it's an all time disaster. I mean and Tatis and then, is then hitting. We're talking about two teams for one spot. Yep. And like I agree. I think the Phillies are are the favorite between those two, but I don't think we could just say, Oh, they're gonna make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean we can't kick our feet up. You can't kick your feet up. Yeah, um, not even close. Not with this team, Jack. No, no. But you know, at but least they got I think they got more better today. Than the Cardinals did. Yeah, I mean Quintana and Thor are on about the same level. I like Jordan Montgomery, uh, but I think him and Suarez are, are very similar. Um, and I, I mean, like Wayne Wright's whatever. I would take I would take our first two over there first two. Um, and then their offense is just a bit weird. But um, yeah, you know, again, they I don't I don't view this as a if we don't we don't deadline. You know, they they clearly. Went in, they gave up some legitimate prospects to make this team better. They're going for it. They didn't give up their top guys. They they didn't they didn't push all the chips. They didn't go get Carlos Rodon. I I get it. You know I, I understand not got, getting him. Um, but I think like if you walk out of this deadline with Robertson, Rodon, and Brandon Marsh, you're like okay, that's a that's a team that that will make the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a little disappointing. If it would have cost McGarry. I don't think it would have cost Abel or Painter. I understand them saying no and and then pivoting to Thor in a way. Again, that's what the one thing with the Thor deal. It's like you clearly didn't really want him. You know, you 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 went back to him when you couldn't get other options. You know, I don't like that it wasn't their number one priority heading into the deadline. So, um, but overall, yeah, again, a, a good solid B, and they should have enough to to end this playoff drought, regardless of the Cardinals, because they're. They're losers. And they owe, us, they owe us for 2011. Look, watch the Brewers lose five in a row and fall out of it. I mean, they, well, the they Bre- trade Hater. Not, yeah, that's what I'm saying. As I'm you know, sitting here thinking, I'm like, let's not just, just concede the division to the Brewers there. Uh, and look, to your point, uh, you know, if they had not put the Ben Brown thing out there, I think there's a real possibility that, you know, obviously not the disease fans like us, but I think there's a real possibility that for the, the, the majority of, you know, Phillies fans out there who follow the team but not, you know, the minor leagues and all that stuff, who Ohapi is the only name they know, other than Mick, obviously, but, you know, Mick for, for different reasons. But Ohapi, the only name they care about of the guys who got traded today. And if you're a, 
if you're that Phillies fan right now, you're saying, all right, so they traded one guy who I've heard of as a prospect, essentially, until they did the Ben Brown thing last week. You're saying one guy I've heard of who is in a position that he, he couldn't come up for years. Like, what a day. This is phenomenal. I got I got all three of my needs filled. Like, the, to your point, Jack, it is a good point that we talked so long about biggest need, and it was, you know, starting pitcher and center fielder and, and relief pitcher, which is the biggest need. All three were needs. Like, that's why we had the discussion. And, you know, it did kind of, as it got closer and closer, really, you know, become stratified and clear that they, they need a starting pitcher most, then they need an outfielder, then they need a relief pitcher. But they went out and got all three. And while none of them were the names we particularly most wanted in those spots, especially Cindergard um, and Marsh, we just never even really considered as an option. Um, but, you know, we got guys who make the team better, like absolutely make the team better. And again, to the Marsh point, I, I you know, I like the future part of it. That's why I'm, I'm good with it, you know, over on the whole. Um, and obviously again, we don't know what Ohabi is going to turn into. I actually, I like Ohabi. I think he's got a real chance, but again, we don't know what player he's going to be, but ultimately I think that for right now, even to the point we made before, I mean, you know, having a great defensive center fielder out there actually is something that could really, like we might be underrating the impact that could have on this team. I mean, you think about how many balls have just been lost to the, to the, you know, gaps in the outfield or, you know, like to, I mean, obviously to the, the corners, Cassianos and Schwarber are going to do what they do unless they have Beerling in the lamp. But I, I don't, I don't want to underrate how much of a potential impact, especially if Marsh is as good as it, as you know, the, the metrics and, and obviously the, the, you know, things you read about him say, um, as obviously I haven't seen a ton, the angels, not a team I search out when I'm watching late night baseball. I've not seen a ton of Angels baseball, but um, you know if he's if he's that good, I mean, it could really really make a difference for this team, Jai. Yeah, and um, I feel like we undersell defense well, on this pod sometimes. Well, we do, and then we watch the games, and you're like, damn it, like this, <laughs> <laughs> like why can't they catch anything? Uh, it is going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild having a center fielder that can like just normally track a baseball. Like, I mean, talk about something else we haven't had in a decade. You know, dude. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, we're he's going to be he's going to be the best defensive center fielder since Victorino, and Victorino yeah, like Shane. We yeah. completely took for granted. Yeah. Like again, because well, we had Rowan before, and yeah. you know we had Glanville. We had a bunch of yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a Gold Glover, Bobby Abreu in right field. You know, it's it's it is what it is. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it's so again. I, I've I, the more the further and further we get away from like the 07 to eleven Phillies, like the more it's like wow, I really did take that for granted. Like we had obviously Howard, we had Rollins who like made every play. Utley was Utley, but then you had like Feliz made every play at third base. Chooch was r- unbelievable behind the plate. Victorino's a Gold Glover in center field. Like Burl is basically Reese Hoskins, and no one liked him. Off the field, people liked him, but like on the field, he was frustrating. And then they, you know, and, and then they had like Jason Worth, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's it's funny looking back and then remembering what this the last 11 years have been like of Phillies baseball. And I, more and more, I am thankful for, uh, for, for that run. James, I have a comp for Brandon Marsh. Are you ready for when, it? When don't you have a comp? Looking at his swing. Looking at what he is right now and looking at what he could potentially be, I think Brandon Marsh 
can be the center field version 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 virgin <laughs> version high hopes after dark baby um center field version of brandon crawford oh wow that's a high level comp right there similar buddy. swing uh oh. wasn't a great hitter for a while and um, then figured it out but was a ridiculous defensive player i think that's what i don't know if Marsh is going to be ridiculous, but I think he's going to be a good player out there in center field. Um, so, yeah, that's my comp. Center field version of Brandon it. Crawford. I mean, what a, what, a, what a win that would be. I mean, Crawford has had a – you know, he's been a top 10 MVP guy, which is crazy. Also, uh, lot of, uh, a lot of, like, future fan club potential if it turns out to be good. You know, the beard oh, and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the name Marsh, there's a lot you could do with that. Although, it's every time stuff. I keep wanting to say Brandon Marshall. Like I, I do too. Like I, I, keep... it's, I, 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 I don't think I've said his first name because I, I just keep saying Marsh because I know that I'll say Brandon Marshall. I had to pause there because wait, I was like, wait, which one am I saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, if, yeah. if one city could screw up his name, I'm pretty sure it's this Oh, city. my God. Jeez, Louise. There is no city that's going to butcher this more. Um, all right. I want to I wanna quickly get your thoughts on the Soto deal. Um, but I have one last question. Obviously, if you have anything else Phillies related uh, with the trade deadline, I'm sure you'll you'll bring it up at the end with the take bag. Um, by the way, real quick, I think uh, the first um, back. Uh, I think this is the first ever uh, high hopes back to back pods with no game in between. Maybe I think we've probably had to do like maybe back to back trade wins. I'm talking during the season. Um, this might be the first one we've ever done with no game in between, which is. Um, well, high hopes magic right there, yeah. buddy. And uh, and a reminder again, uh, you know, obviously thank you to uh, Miller Light for being a part of the pod and uh, you know, really turning the season around. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, people think it was firing Girardi. You know, there's a lot of different theories as to why the season turned around. I mean, I'm just gonna say that Miller Light came on board around mm -hmm. then. So, you know, I'm just you know, putting Miller Lights for Phil's wins was, you know, kinda around then. So I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. So um, shout out to Miller Light. Go get some Miller Lights. And again, we want to thank Time Out Sports Bar one more time for having us out the other day um, last week um, for one of the last two Phillies appearances ever by Juris Amelia and his, his probably most iconic one that we'll all remember. So um, so shout out to Time Out for having us out. Um, we had a blast with that. And again, as always, Miller Light, the best. All right, I have uh, one more Phillies question for you. And then, we'll, you know, I want your thoughts on soda trade and then anything else you got. But, um, and it's it's a rough one because you know we haven't really addressed it. We just kind of talked about it, but we got to get to our dude. Um, and I'm putting it in the form of this question, then you can elaborate. And I don't know. I'm assuming you've written some sort of soliloquy saying goodbye to Mick. I don't know. I'll see what you got in store. Um, but uh, I've been thinking about it, and I'm going to frame it in the form of a question. But my answer is clearly. Uh, is Mickey Moniak getting hit on the hand in spring training? the most impactful injury in the history of the Phillies. Yeah. Because we all know how, how different it could have been. You say yes, right? Like, well, absolutely. when you think about it, like the, the Howard Achilles, um, you, you think about Utley getting hit on the hand in, uh, by John Lennon. You think about Blake Snell hitting Bryce Harper on the hand. Like, that. that's all, all well and good. Um, but... What Ryan Yarbrough did to Mickey Moniak and thus tanking his career here is just, it's heinous. And, um, you know, it changed the outcome of the entire Philly season so far, you know, and it's very disappointing. Um, but I will say, at least Anaheim got a real winner 
in center field now um, with Mickey joining them. And, uh, you know, honestly, bit of a sad day here in the Ohio's podcast. But genuinely, I'm excited for the kid. You know, I want to go. I want to go see him uh, go play out in L.A. and uh, you know, have a, have a good little career out there. Why not, Mick? Love it. Yeah, we are obviously rooting for Mick. Very here. mature. Always. How is that? How is that for growth? Oh, Very mature. I was re- I was really mature, buddy. I think you did a really great job. Um, I will say, I I fully agree. Ryan Yarbrough now ahead of John Lennon mm-hmm. in terms of enemies of this podcast and Blake and- Snell. You know, just generally left-handed people I don't like. Blake mm-hmm. Snell, of course, all yep. lefties. Yep. You know, I don't know what that means, but Zoe's well, a lefty. Bad I've always, yeah, bad I've people. always been really yeah. proud of it. Is it. Zoe being a lefty is one of my favorite things. I may have to, you know, do what they did in the old days and force her to become a right-hander. I don't know. This yeah. Is, uh, this is troubling. Well, I wonder Shall I wonder which future Philly Zoe is going to break the hand of with a 96-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastball. Wonderful question that I will be giving a lot of thought to now. Um, all right, Fritzy. Uh, Mick, we love you. Yeah. We miss you, buddy. Uh, maybe we'll try and get Mick on in the offseason or something. That would be really fun. See how he's to, doing? Yeah, say goodbye to Philly officially and all that. But um, Fritzy, uh, what else you got? Any other thoughts on the deadline or take bag type stuff? I know not as much take bag as normal, I'm assuming, because, again, no games. <laughs> yeah. Not much has happened but the trade deadline since we last talked. But you never know what's going on in that mind of yours and what pops in and what makes its way into the bag. So go ahead, pal. Uh, I really don't have much. You know, I kind of got off the air and came right in here. I got, <laughs> like, so I you know, whatever. Um, But I will say I am uh, I'm glad the Phils didn't sit on their hands. You know, they, they very easily could have said, uh, throw in the towel, like, we're not winning the World Series this year regardless. I, I, I like that Dave gave this team a shot after the Pittsburgh series. You know, I don't know if that was totally a game changer, um, but the fact they went out to Pittsburgh, swept them, uh, went four straight, won five straight, heading into the deadline. You know, I, I think the, the clubhouse would have been really down if they didn't do anything. I think it could have legitimately affected the rest of the season. And, you know, honestly, would have, you know, they talked uh, Wednesday after the Braves win. And uh, like a lot of the people in the clubhouse were were apparently saying, you know, we trust Dave. Like that's our guy. Like he's got us. And I think it would have he would have lost a lot of cred- credibility with that locker room had he not gone and, and kind of given them a shot. And yes, losing Logan O'Hoppy stinks and Ben Brown and and really you know Jody L. Sanchez. I think had a chance to be okay. Um, but you know, I think that Dave needed to make that trade for credibility in that locker room and not losing them. We all remember the the famous uh, Justin Verlander trade deadline fiasco uh, a couple years ago with the the Astros, and then they luckily had the freaking waiver wire thing, so they could still make the trade after the trade deadline, which was always like the most ridiculous rule. But whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think it legit, legitimately would have affected the clubhouse if they didn't do it. So uh, I'm glad this didn't sit on their hands. I'm glad they gave the team a shot. And James, I just, I, I need this to end the playoff drought. I really do. I just, I need it to be over. Um, I'm glad they didn't give up any of the big three prospects for, for what they did today. And uh, I gotta be honest. I've already talked myself into Brandon Marsh being a steal. Like I've just, oh, I've I done know it. You have. Yeah. I, know like, I, I, I didn't need to keep, you know, beating around the bush here. Completely all in on Brandon Marsh as being an absolute steal for this baseball team. Kevin Long, it's showtime, pal. Earn, earn that check, even though you've already like saved Alec Bohm and like everyone else. But now it's time to fix Brandon Marsh. 
Yeah, I uh, I think you said it really well. Like, and I think the point about the clubhouse is is super important. It's one of the points we were both making heading into the deadline that, you know, look that this group of guys that you know you've invested in financially as a core. I mean, they have five guys making twenty million or more, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of dudes all in the prime of their career. They've obviously got a bunch of other guys they're invested in. It's a core that is built together to win right now together you know all these guys in their late 20s early 30s or you know of the core other than boom and a couple guys um so you know you had to and and they have they're eight games above 500 i mean they have the best record above 500 they've had all season long they just made a push winning six to seven in the deadline like how do you go into that clubhouse and look them in the eye and be like yeah you know, it, so I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he, he had to do something. And I think by addressing three needs and also look, you know, a guy like Syndergaard might not make you or me that excited, but you know, those guys in the locker room, he's, he's a, a dude, you know, Noah Syndergaard is a guy that, that people in the locker room have seen had real success in major league baseball. And I think that, you know, having him walk back in the locker room matters more to those guys, maybe than it does to you and me. Um, and look, Robertson, obviously a vet who's been around all this, you know, I just think that it, 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 I think from that perspective, Dave did enough to show the team that, you know, we believe in you guys. Obviously, you know, they all understand the business of baseball and that, you know, asking prices can be high. The Phillies are not going to always give up their top prospects. I think on the whole, they did enough in that perspective. And and from a fan perspective, like we said, I'm more of like a B, a B minus as opposed to a BB plus, but I would probably settle a B. Um, I was like at a C earlier today, but then I. You know, research on yeah. Brandon Marsh was 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 helpful. It was the the Ohapi thing really threw me for a loop, as it seems it did everybody. Um, yeah, in the end, I'm I'm pretty happy with what they did. At least I'm I'm happy enough with what they did. I'm not ready to say it was a banner day. Like, no, I definitely think that you know Logan Ohapi could come back to bite them, and Ben Brown could come back to bite them, and David Robertson. I I think David Robertson be fine, but like Brandon Marsh might never develop as a hitter. Um, you know. Uh, we don't know. Syndergaard might stink, you know, for the half a season you have. So, um, but I think on the whole coming out of today, you know, these are moves, like I said, that I, th- I think will make this team definitively better than they were. Like, not just better, but definitively better. And, and that's what they had to come out of today doing. So, um, you know, I'm happy. Hard not to be. Hard not to be. Look it's at you. A, a pretty good day for the Phillies. <laughs> Yeah, I think a really solid day. For yeah, a solid and day like, for the Phillies. Again, I think you also have to reset your expectations sometimes, too. We do our perfect deadline. I'm like, get Montas. And then I'm like, all right, well, at least get Maley. And then it says, then you get Syndergaard. And I think that's also part of the biggest why, you know, was I think they needed to get the starter and we were stressing and hoping they would get Rodone and they end up with Syndergaard. And it just, you know, is a little less exciting. But But obviously, as you pointed out, you know, I, I understand if they didn't want to give up one of the three big dudes to go get um to go get Rodone for half a season because he's definitely gonna opt out. So um all right. Is that it, Fritz? You got anything else? Uh yeah. Wanna give a quick shout out to Jason uh Lore, who is one of our big listeners out in, in Pittsburgh. He's a guy that always sends us photos of going on walks with his dog, uh listening okay. to listening to high hopes like the second it comes out, which I always appreciate. Uh, he snuck some he snuck some high hops into into uh, PNC Park ah, over the weekend. So wanted to give a strong it, work. Wanted to give a quick shot to him. So uh, I appreciate that. And overall, really excited to get home and then see Spencer Strider versus the Phil's bullpen game. Sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it should go great. Last time Nick Nelson was in a big game in Atlanta, it went great. Yeah, but that was so Girardi. We- 
I know. That was know. It'll, be, it'll be fine. The team's and, all juiced up knowing that Brandon Marsh is going to walk through that door on Thursday. Well, honestly, honestly, the whole, you know, uh, bullpen pitchers come here and all of a sudden just start letting home runs fly out of the ballpark. I will say, God trust Tomper. You know, that was the Girardi, the Girardi era. When I like come. this. Yeah, yeah, now it's the Topper era. Yeah, Tomper. Topper. Um, all right. Um, I had something else to say. I just forgot what it was, Jack. I wow, like you really are getting away. old. And I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. I'm excited. I'm happy. Um, we'll be back. I, uh, Jack, uh, do you know I'm going to see Fish again this weekend? Why? <laughs> so we'll be back at some point. It might be Monday because I, mean, I will be away seriously. this weekend. But we'll be back. Just admit, like, just admit, they're a really good cover band. Like, you're just, you're, pan, you're going to see 150 cover bands. Like, congratulations. I hate you. Go, Phil. He's worth the culture.